Welcome to Women in Venture Capital, a podcast by students for students. I'm Roshvina. And I'm Anvita. And we are from the Harvard Business School. Our guest today is Julia Klein. Julia is a vice president at March Capital Partners, a Santa Monica-based technology investment firm. Julia graduated from Harvard Business School in 2020. While at HBS, she worked as a venture fellow for Pair VC, an early-stage venture fund with a large focus on student entrepreneurs and was the president of Insights Boston chapter. Julia started her career in consulting. Prior to HBS, she worked as an associate at Green Spring Associates. She was also the co-founder and CEO of Career Pure LLC, a web-based career path selection and management tool. Thanks for joining us today, Julia. Excited to be here. Awesome. Can you tell us a little bit about your move from consulting to founding your own company? Was that always a part of the plan? Yes. Um, So absolutely, it was not always a part of the plan. I started off as, you know, a junior in college looking at career paths, thinking, you know, receiving a lot of feedback that you could either go the banking route, or you could go the consulting route. And those seem to be, you know, the two routes that people tended to gravitate towards. And so, you know, I thought that consulting might be a better fit for me, um, because I thought it would allow me a little bit more creativity. Um, And so I ended up doing a summer internship in consulting, accepting a return offer. Um, And then, you know, actually, during the first inkling and the first interaction that I had with startups, really, in my life was as a senior um, in college. And I basically did a a fellowship program where I was working with a very, very early stage VC, uh, specifically within the ed tech sector. And I, you know, worked with some portfolio companies and really got a taste of how impactful you can be um, when you're, when you're working with startups. And so I think at that point I was, I I had an inkling that I would have some startup, you know, some startups might be in my future, but I, you know, had accepted the return offer. So got into consulting, um, learned a lot of the ropes. It was a wonderful introduction to all things business. You know, everyone who has been in the consulting field can attest to that. Um, But I think after, after about a year, I actually was back on campus recruiting for consulting roles. And a lot of students approached me and basically said, you know, we're not sure what exactly this entails, or we're not sure, you know, we're freshmen, how do we put ourselves in a position where we're able to be competitive for these roles? And, you know, that was something that I had the pain point I had felt as well. When I was, you know, in school, my, my family does not come from the business world. And so I didn't have a lot of those experiences growing up being able to understand what what they different career paths entailed. So basically, you know, I thought, hey, there has to be a better way to do this. There has to be, you know, something more useful than just career services, um, you know, with some basic information. And so that was how Career Peer came about. And I, you know, I said, I'm going to take a stab at creating something that is useful for students that can give them some guidance that can help them figure out, you know, how to get these career paths that they want, and then also help them 
understand how to match with employers um, and so and navigate that whole journey. And so that was born basically out of you know a need that I had and a need that other people came to me with. And everyone thought I was crazy when I said I was leaving consulting um, after a year to start a company. And I thought I was a little crazy, <laughs> to be quite honest. Um, but now absolutely would not trade that experience for anything just because of what I learned over kind of the two following years of working on the business. That's great. So when and why did you think about moving into venture capital? And what was that process like? Yeah, absolutely. So I, I thought first thought about it. Um, I think when I was actually working on the startup, and I, as so as kind of a side hustle that I was that I was doing to pay my rent while I was a very poor founder making no money. I um, was basically referring deals. So I, my startup was based in Washington, DC. And so that's a pretty small ecosystem of startups um, compared to like, let's say a San Francisco or even a New York or an LA. Um, And so I knew a lot of individuals just from being very active in that ecosystem. And I found myself referring deals um, back to a group of angel investors that were affiliated with my alma mater, the University of Maryland for undergrad. Um, and so I was just, you know, meeting companies and saying, oh, hey, it seems like you'd be a good fit. And I was like an informal scout pretty much for this angel fund. Um, and I was really I really enjoyed it. And so I think that was the first inkling that I had of like, oh, I think thinking about these businesses from the perspective of could they be good investments um, was interesting to me. And so, you know, when I wrapped up with the startup, that seemed like a really good potential next option. Um, And that was how I ended up entering the space. Got it. You were very active in the VC space, even while at HBS. Can you talk a little bit about your experience with the fellowship programs? How was the interaction with founders like and which part of the role did you enjoy the most? Yes, absolutely. So I, I guess to kind of set the stage, I came into HBS. So, so prior to HBS, I worked um, at Greenspring, as you mentioned, for, for a couple of years. Um, and that was post startup, um, the next role that I had. And, and I worked mostly in growth stage investing, um, and I did some fund of funds investing as well. And I knew coming out of um, Greenspring and going to school that I really wanted to stay in the investing space. I loved what I was doing, but I thought you know that I might want to be um, engaged a little bit earlier because we were because. Greenspring was so late stage, I was pretty hands off with a lot of the portfolio companies and it was more, you know, money into scale. And so I was, I was missing a little bit of that, you know, experience of being a part of the journey and being hands on that I had when I was you know, working on career peer. And so th- my hypothesis going into school was, you know, I think I want to do something at an earlier stage. And so I really use that the two years when I was at HBS to test that out in terms of working with kind of, as you mentioned, with um, a fellowship program, I worked with Pair VC, um, which is a Palo Alto based VC that invests um, at a at early stage. So pre-seed, seed, um, and they are very active with their portfolio companies. And so that was uh, just an amazing experience to be able to be on the, you know, the very early end, the absolute opposite end from where I was at Greenspring and be, you know, kind of in it the very 
you know, company formation type of stage. Um, and so working with founders was was really incredible. Um, I did that through Pair, and I also did that through a program that you also mentioned called Insight Fellows, um, which is a Boston, well, there's a Boston chapter. It's a national program, but it, it basically um, pairs graduate students, uh, multidisciplinary students with um, startups to help with problems. And they're usually pretty early stage startups. So um, got a lot of hands-on experience doing that. I did, you know, some pricing analysis, some go-to-market analysis. Um, on the pair side, I, I cut my teeth on, on sourcing. So I tried to, you know, talk to founders as much as possible. One of, um, one of my actually, my, my first deals that I referred in was um, one of my discussion group uh, a member of my discussion group who I met on like my very first day of classes at HBS. And, you know, it happened that he was working on a startup. Um, and I was, you know, I was like, Hey, you know what? I would love to learn more. Um, so, so that was amazing. So it was really, really rewarding to be able to tap into all of the amazing founders that were coming out of HBS, out of MIT, out of, you know, Boston in general, um, and really would highly recommend that if you're thinking about venture, um, or even if you're thinking about being an entrepreneur, being a, par- a member of the scout programs, um, you know, through either pay or VC, you know, rough draft has one. There are, you know, there are many, there are many out there. Um, but being a member of one of those programs can give you a lot of clarity on what, you know, what the day-to-day is like. Um, that's for sure. And Anvita and I are both going to start work, uh, for pay VC soon, um, this year. And we're really excited. It's an amazing team. Um, jumping into the diversity um, topic a little bit here within the industry, have you personally come across gender bias within the industry or on the other hand, seen an effort to bridge the gender gap? Yeah, I think um, to be to be quite honest, probably both. Um, I think that things are I think there are many firms out there that are making um efforts to really improve in this space. I still think that it's a very, in some ways, you know, um, just a tough industry to crack. And things have been, things in, I think the the, the main, one of the main issues is that venture is incredibly network-based. And so it's so much about, you know, who you know, and who you see on a regular basis, and who you hang out with. And I think it can be very easy to have just a very homogenous group of individuals um, just because you gravitate towards that. And so I think that there has been among some firms a concerted effort to to do better. I think that I think um, especially on the hiring front, I think that a lot of firms are now acknowledging that they really need to hire in, you know, more diverse talent um, and really, you know, have teams that have different experiences, different backgrounds. And that really does contribute to a better outcome because you're looking at a deal or you're looking at a company from multiple perspectives and you get insights that you just wouldn't get otherwise. Um, so I think that that step is, has kind of already been initiated. I think the next step really is how do then those people succeed in those roles and advance and get promoted. And I think firms are still figuring that out because I think it is, I I do think it's early days, but I think a lot of it is just going to be, how do you really enable the talent that you've brought in? 
Um, and so, I, you know, I think that that's, that still has a little bit of a ways to go, but I do see some efforts um, to, you know, to be better and in that, in that instance. And so I'm, I'm hoping I'm optimistic. Um, and you know what, like at the end of the day, I think that, you know, going out there and having a diverse group of individuals raise funds, um, you know, and deploy capital is honestly going to be the way that it, the industry ultimately ends up getting closer to parity. Um, because I think if you're not, you're not a check writer and you're not in a position to do that, you still, it's still very tough. Um, so, you know, I think that, and I think really making the effort to look beyond some of the, you know, maybe preconceived notions or biases in looking at founders. Um, and, you know, we saw the pitch book data came out yesterday that, you know, investment into diverse founders is down. Um, and that, you know, I think a lot of that has to do with like people fly to what they know in difficult situations. And for most of the venture community, what they know is, you know, your stereotypical male, you know, probably non-diverse founder. And I think that, you know, that is still like the, the behavioral, um, I guess the behavior that just has to, has to be broken. And that's only going to happen over time. And as you get more individuals into roles where they're actually, you know, able to have the ability to write a check. Um, so I, I, long story, long story short, I could go on about this for hours, but I do think that, you know, I think that there has been a lot of effort. Um, and I think that there's a long way to go. I think this is honestly very well put and you hit the message home by breaking it into having more women at the entry level, but it doesn't stop there. It has to, it has to eventually have them move up the ladder and get promoted and be in a check writing position because uh, that is the decision making that they should be doing and will really be called true diversity. So well put there. Uh, Taking this a little bit further, uh, Julia, what advice would you have for all those women who want to enter into the venture capital ecosystem and explore this as a potential career path? Yeah, absolutely. So I guess the the biggest piece of advice that I have, and, you know, I, t- I had to take this to heart as, you know, I was looking into venture too, is do not, it's, it's go, it is tough and it is a long journey and do not give up. Like you will get, you will get rejected. You will have, you know, you will, being, a, being, you know, recruiting for venture is, is very, very difficult. And so it's, you know, I think persistence pays off. And I know, you know, I've talked to individuals who have joked that, you know, people who enter venture self-select because they're the ones willing to hang in there and take the risk of not, you know, maybe not having a job for a while. Um, And this was specifically coming out of my MBA. So it's a little different situation if you're lateraling maybe from another job. Um, But I think that that is very true. Um, You know, I, I recruited after a lot of other individuals, you know, I realized I probably wasn't going to go into the spring of my second year of business school with a job. And I was okay with that. Um, and it, you know, you will, you will feel nervous <laughs> about it, but I think that at the end of the day, like if you're willing to hang in there and you, you prepare and you really, you know, know your stuff, um, you'll, you know, you will succeed. And, and it's just being able to not, let your confidence levels get diminished when you do, when maybe it does take longer or it does, you know, and then, so that, that's the biggest piece of advice I have is just hang in there. Um, because I think that's where most people tend to drop out and take something else. Um, and then the second piece is just 
don't be afraid to reach out to people. I got the job that I have right now by reaching out, you know, to an alum um, who I didn't know and, you know, was able to establish a relationship with and, you know, was able to be connected to a couple of other firms through that individual. Um, So I would just say, like, don't be afraid to be proactive in just reaching out to people um, and, and, you know, as many people as you can. And everyone is willing to help for I found that, you know, for the most part, everyone is willing to help. And even if they aren't recruiting or can't be helpful, chances are they know who can be helpful because if, like venture is such a small world and it's much, much easier to see where openings are from the inside than from outside. Um, so, so yeah, that would be my two pieces of advice is just hang in there and be proactive, reach out, talk to as many people as you can, let them know what you're looking for. It will only benefit you in the long run. That's super. I mean, setting the expectations right and just giving it out that it's it's okay to be shameless and just let's let's be more proactive. So super, Julia, I think this was a great conversation. Thanks so much for joining us, hearing about your fellowship experiences to your startup journey, leading to some uh, growth stage equity and then doing uh, early stage. I think it's been a great journey to hear from you. Uh, thanks so much for joining us. I'm sure our listeners will really appreciate all the conversations. Thank you guys so much for having me. I really enjoyed it. Thank you.